Good morning. So this is Katia Tenzume. I know we have been on hiatus for a while, but we are back. I am the host of the Continuing Education Series, a podcast we produce as a benefit for the members of the French Language Division of the American Translators Association and those interested in becoming members. This series tries to offer educational content about the craft of French to English and English to French translation and about our division. For today's episode, it is my pleasure to welcome Matthew Bunzik, a certified translator, and Beth Smith, our very own assistant administrator, for our certification episode. Yay! As a reminder, we are not giving any advice as far as the certification exam as we are not graders. We are simply sharing our views and experiences, not those of the ATE or the official raiders. So that's that. So welcome, dear guests, Beth and Matthew. Hi there. Hi, listeners. Hi, everyone. Good to so be here. So we are going to start with your welcome. We are going to start with Beth. Please, could you tell us a little bit about you? Uh, yes, I live near Houston, Texas. I'm a French to English translator specializing in advertising and marketing, especially cosmetics and luxury goods, entertainment, and literary translation. So far, I've translated two thriller novels and a collection of short stories. I've only been a full-time translator since June of 2019. Before that, I was a high school French teacher for almost 13 years and lived to tell the tale. So I translated part-time for a good while before I was able to actually quit my job. And I was certified in 2018. Congrats. Yay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Matthew, what about you? you? Could you tell us about you? Sure. My name is Matthew Bunzik, and I am an ATA-certified French-to-English and German-to-English translator. Um, I specialize mostly in legal, financial, and business translations. And um, I began translating full-time around 2015, and that was after over 10 years in the corporate world, um, doing a whole bunch of different things and kind of translating here and there. Um, I never thought of turning it into a career, um, but when I started researching it in 2014, I realized I could do that. And when I started putting pieces together, I really enjoyed it. Um, So that's what I've been doing um, for the past six years or so. And, uh, And I passed the certification exams for German to English and French to English at the end of 2019. Wow, that was a lot. Well, congrats again to both of you. So tell me, what were you hoping to achieve by becoming certified? Beth, could you tell us what motivated you to go through the certification process? Uh, Yes. Since I was a high school teacher, I didn't want it to look like I was one of those people who thought they could be a translator just because they spoke two languages. And I did do the certification program at NYU, but I still didn't have a whole lot of actual translation experience since I was translating part-time. So I wanted to become certified to reassure people, more particularly agencies, that I at least had a certain level of competence so they would give me a chance. Uh, 
And the reason I decided to take it when I did, honestly, it was because it was because the price was going up. So Andy Ho and I decided that we would take the exam together in Houston. We kind of said, I will if you will. So we both did. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know that. Well, I guess it's not a mystery that the two of you are the administrators of the French language division now together, huh? <laughs> yes, she's one of my okay. closest neighbors, and we ended up working together, so that's kind of interesting. Okay, well, shout out to Andy and Matthew. How about you? Um, yeah, the reason I took it was because I wanted to see if I could do it. Um, I wanted some feedback, feedback about my work also, um, and I, I just... I, I did, since I started translating in 2015, I, I did receive some feedback on my work, mostly good feedback and sometimes not so good feedback every now and then. Um, but those times when I got feedback, they were just so few and far between. Um, and so I, I wanted to see, like, you know, where did I stand in the translation world, in the translation world? Is what I'm offering really of value, and um, and so I, I wanted to see how my skills would stand up um, by taking the certification exam. So that was the big impetus for me um, in taking the certification exams. Yes, I hear you. That is indeed the most reliable, the best reliable way, really, the most reliable way to get feedback when it comes to um, certification. Well, thank you both. Now let's dive into your experience taking the actual certification exam. First things first, how did you prepare for the exam? Beth, would you like to start? Uh, yes, and this is going to be a do as I say, not as I do moment because I always tell people they should take a practice exam, but I did not officially take a practice exam. Um, I had ordered a couple years ago before they even changed the format when the exam was still specialized topics and just kept them and never sent them back and never even looked at them. So when it was almost time for our test date, Andy and I translated the passages on our own and then we swapped them so we could compare and talk about them and critique each other. So it was very much like what the FLD certification practice groups are doing right now. Um, but I still think people should take a practice test even though I didn't. Um, the other thing that made a difference for me was that I had signed up for an eight-week translation workshop that Corinne McKay had set up that had eight weeks of instruction to each from a specialist in a different field. So there was medical, technical, legal, financial. And I didn't specifically sign up for the workshop to prepare for the exam, but I got feedback from expert translators for eight weeks straight, and I think that that was really helpful. Um, and I also read everything I could find about the exam, I, the certification handbook, the Into English grading standards, anything that the ATA offered, I read it. Well, thank you, Beth. Matthew? Um, I, I would second Beth's advice on taking the practice test, even though she didn't take it. Uh, um, I, I highly recommend ordering a test and simulating the test experience for yourself 
um, like timing yourself, um, sitting off in a quiet room somewhere and, and taking the test. And when you submit the test, you actually get feedback on the work that you did. And it's extremely valuable feedback. Um, so, uh, so take a practice test. And, um, and I would just suggest practicing translating as much as you can. I can remember uh, Ted Wozniak saying a couple of times that um, the certification exam is not for entry-level translators. It's for people who have had translation experience. And I think that's absolutely true um, because the things that come up during the test are, um, they're, I don't know, it's, um, it definitely takes some experience to, to handle them, I think. Um, so the greatest practice, I think, is just having a few years of consistently honing your craft and um, I would also say, um, this is something that I did, keeping a spreadsheet or some kind of personal terminology base um, throughout your translating career. Um, I keep one myself in an Excel spreadsheet. It's nothing fancy at all, um, but whenever I encounter a term uh, that, that's tricky or that requires a little bit of research, um, I include that in the term base. And it's not just the term that I, that I use like as a translation that I show, but I also have explanations and examples. Sometimes I'm proofreading things and I find um, something interesting that, that somebody used in their translation and something that I would have never thought of but that I think is ingenious. And I, I'll include that in my term database just to um, just to have reference to it. Um, so those are just a few examples of uh, things that I'd recommend. Oh wow! Thank you, thank you so much to both of you. Thank you for those tips. So, what resources did you bring to the test? Beth, would you like to share? Well, I took the computerized exam, so I bookmarked the dictionaries and other online references that I thought I might need. Um, I also saved the PDF of the Into English Grading Standards to my desktop, so if I wanted to check something, I could. Yes, you are allowed to take that into the exam. I wasn't doing anything sneaky. Um, and even though I did take the computerized test, I still took some some physical dictionaries just in case. So I took a French to English. I took monolingual dictionaries in both languages. And I also took the Chicago Manual of Style, because you never know. And finally, water and snacks, because you might any need water and snacks anytime. So why not? <laughs> right. Matthew, how about you? What did you bring? Um, I took a computerized test as well, but I also brought quite a few books with me. Um, for the, uh, the German to English exam, which is the first one that I took, um, I took way more than I needed to. Um, but uh, what, I, what was extremely helpful was my college German to English dictionary um, by Duden. Um, I had online resources. I had a mono, monolingual um, German dictionary. I had uh, monolingual English dictionary. I had my MLA style guide. Um, I found the style guide extremely helpful. And uh, I had a, a writing guide for lawyers. 
um, which is helpful for non-lawyers as well. Um, and uh, I, silly me, brought um, like my accounting book and um, a law book and um, just thinking that things would get like too specialized. They never really did get very specialized and, and that was a little overboard for me, but I was nervous and um, it, I don't know, it kind of felt like a security blanket, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, the basics yeah, I would recommend um, a bilingual dictionary, monolingual dictionaries and a style guide for sure. Okay, well, thank you. So can you describe your experience during the exam or share any additional tips that helped you conquer the ACA certification exam? Beth? Um, yes. First, I definitely skimmed all three passages before I decided to just start translating because I was afraid I would start with the first one and then decide I hated it later. Um, I had this big plan where I was going to get through both of my translations as quickly as possible and then have a, to a lot of time to revise and edit after I did the first draft, but that wasn't what happened at all because every time I got to a place where I was kind of stuck in a text, I would go back and reread the stuff that went before and double-check everything. My big fear was that I was going to skip a word or, heaven forbid, skip a line. So I was really checking like a maniac for things like that and also for, for typos because you can't have spell check. And I was a, I'm not a great typist, so I was afraid I would have a lot of typos. So by the time I finished both passages, I only had about 15 or 20 minutes left to go back through everything. But I'd gone through most of it so many times that it really didn't need that much checking at the end. So it worked out okay at the end. Um, I'd say other tips, it's okay to take a little break and stretch your legs. If you, if you feel like you have enough time to do that, it might help just to step back a little bit, take a deep breath. Um, and, of course, I was lucky because I got to go with a friend, which is maybe not all that common, but I highly recommend it. Oh, wow. Thank you. Matthew, what about you? Any additional tips you would like to share? Um, I, I would definitely uh, second Beth's uh, recommendation to um, put everything down on paper first. Um, like I, I'm a person who tends to obsess about every word that I put down um, to a point where it, I, I just, it takes me forever to, to do a translation. Um, but I, I found that when I was able to get everything down onto the page, even if it was it seemed like horrible to me. Um, it was good to have the additional time at the end um, to kind of put on my proofreader hat and um, go through everything from a proofreading standpoint instead of obsessing over every single word. Um, and uh, I, I would say another recommendation I have is after the exam, just having something fun or nice to do, like if you go out with friends or, I don't know, doing something to celebrate just, you know, for, for having taken the test and, and having gone through all the emotional anguish of doing it, um, having something nice at the end um, can kind of uh, calm your nerves for the next few weeks while you're waiting for the results. 
I know. I can only imagine the stress. But, well, thank you so much to both of you. Thank you, Beth and Matthew, for joining me today. Thank you for your invaluable advice. Um, Thank you for sharing your experiences with everyone. I'm sure our members will appreciate you taking the time to do this. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for having me You're on today. Welcome. You're welcome. So your, continue, your continuing education series aired fantastic episodes about legal translation, sustainable development, genealogy, and even a translation slam. As for the future episodes, we are accepting suggestions from all members and non-members who would like to share their knowledge with the division and other colleagues. No public speaking experience necessary. If you are interested, please email us at divisionfld at atanet.org. We are interested in all topics and subjects. Speaking of topics, we have one English to French topic about poorly written source content that needs a guest speaker. Or maybe another certification episode with raiders this time. So if you are interested in discussing source content or anything else, please get in touch. Thank you again, dear guests. Good luck, everybody who's taking the exam soon. Best of luck to everyone. This concludes our episode for today. You can subscribe to the Continuing Education Series podcast on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash ATA-FLD or on iTunes by searching for Continuing Education Series in the iTunes Store. You can contact the FLD at divisionflz at atnet.org. Visit our website at www.ata-divisions.org slash FLD or get in touch with us on social media. This is Katia Tenzume signing off. Thanks for listening. Et à bientôt.